Welcome to another episode of the Misadventures of an Inspired Woman. Today, our guest is Jasmine Fuego. Jasmine is a culture amplifier and a Renaissance woman based in Oakland, California. As a senior program manager at Skillshare, she works with artists around the world to create engaging, compelling, and educational classes. Jasmine is also the social lead, creating culturally relevant and inspiring content for the Black community with the Black Joy Parade. When she's not helping artists creating online classes or posting for Black Joy Parade, Jasmine gives talks and workshops on cultivating authentic confidence through her line, hashtag healing myself. Welcome, Jasmine. Yes. Oh, I, Wow. I'm like, Don't, who's that? Who that? Who that? I love to hear it. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm so happy that you agreed to do this. I met you how? Yeah, let's talk about it. So, and you know, as you read in the bio, I am a program manager for Skillshare, and our purpose is to create compelling educational content for our users um, around the world. And so that gives me the honor of being able to connect with dope creative people all over the world. And as I was doing research last summer, last fall, I was doing research on filmmakers, uh, directors, writers. I was just really looking for black and brown women um, in the film industry, which I just know it's it's such a rare breed, um, which is why I was going out of my way to find it. And so I don't know if your listeners know, but you have a documentary and you were listed um, under a few different websites as a as a black filmmaker. And I said, yeah, like this is the one I read your once your website, read your page. I was like, OK, Dr. Keisha. <laughs> yes. And I emailed you and I was so, so surprised, honestly. That you emailed me back. Well, just given given everything I read on your bio and looked at your website, I was like, oh, like this this woman's going to be way too busy to do this way. Just this isn't going to be compelling for her. And I was so happy when you emailed us back. Um, And in the course of creating your class, I was it's like, I don't know if this is okay or not, but like, I want to be her friend. You know, we'd always have to add an extra 10, 15 minutes to Kiki on either end because after we were done creating, you know, doing the work we needed to do to create your class that day, it was just always like, so girl, what's happening in the world now? (laughs) And I really, I really looked forward uh, to that. So yeah, you and I met so serendipitously through work, which is, it's so rare to make new friends in the pandemic. (laughs) Listen, that's like... It, for, for those listening, by the time you, I guess we, we get to Jasmine's episode, my class should be out on Skillshare and it's a class on, we actually decided to do a class on how to create your own podcast, how to create a trailer for your podcast, which really, you know, gets you started and things like that. And what's interesting is that a lot of the guests that I've had on this season are people that I've met through, like, there's this one woman, and I think somehow I want you and her to meet because y'all would make magic together. She's in South Africa. Um, She is the curator for TEDx Cape Town. And so let me tell you how I met her, though. Amanda Seals, one of my favorite comedians, and I don't have a whole lot of favorite comedians, right? This is why. This is why we had to be become friends, right? <laughs> um, it takes a very, it's a very unique personality trait to really understand and appreciate Amanda Seals for like the depth of what she does comedically. Yes, yes. So she had, you know, she has her show Smart, Funny, and Black, and mm-hmm. so she did it virtually, and she was using this platform that um, I was there. Right. So you did like speed networking the first time she did it. The second time she did it, it that didn't work out. But she did speed networking before. So you would like sign up for speed networking and you would like basically like pop into a room with another person for five minutes. And so I'm popped into this room with a lot of people from across the U.S. But I get popped into this room with the South African woman. And I'm like, yo, like, what do you she's like, it's three o'clock in the morning. I've stayed up late for this. 
Um, so we connected on Instagram. We're following each other. I'm loving her content. I'm seeing what she's doing. And I'm like, you want to come on the podcast? <laughs> and so I think if y'all two ever met in life, like, yes. Well, South Africa is a big, big dream of mine. I've been wanting to go there for the longest. So I will definitely, this is, this is what I love about <laughs> us. This is what I love about when women who... I mean, I'm trying not to make this sound like a Pinterest board, but like women who truly want, like it brings them joy to uplift and to uplift other women. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're and to push the culture and to push the push, culture forward. Exactly, pushing the culture forward. Like it, it, I can just tell that it would legitimately bring you so much joy to to introduce me in this person. Yes. And I, and I feel the same way because all of the women in my life, you know, when I turned about 24, 25, my grandma and I were having like a talk about life and my grandma would, she would always drop these gems. And one of them was like, you know, you Girl, is there a helicopter over there? sorry i think it's god just felt like we need to explain to our listeners that we are not under siege it's just noisy um we're in los angeles actually right now <laughs> we're, we're in hollywood she's in los angeles i'm in brooklyn that's true and a siren is likely to go off any moment now over here so i think you're good you and your grandma were talking <laughs> so me and my grandma were talking and she would always drop these little gems but the one that she really dropped uh, in this one conversation was, you know, you are the company you keep. You are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with, Jasmine. So just be really mindful of that because I I had just moved to the Bay Area and was going through a, a lot of di- different shifts in my life that were leading me to having to be like a little bit savage about um, who I spent time with. I mean, whatever. We need to all be savage about who we spend yeah. time with because... You know, when you grown, like you don't have a lot of extra free time. Right. <laughs> you know, and so the I I think about that and like the choices that I made subsequently after that. Now I'm turning 30, so five years later, and I look at the five women, the I mean the five people who happen to besides my boyfriend happen to all be women that I spend the most time with or that I interact with the most, and I'm just like, if I'm a sum of these people <laughs> then I'm okay. Like I'm doing well in life. And, and I'm always, when I'm with my friends, I'm like, I just, I can't wait for this panoramic to be over so I can introduce you to my other homegirl who I know. Have I missed something y'all? I'm feverishly searching for black Twitter. I think I got into a window this morning. Um, but it's panoramic. Uh, like I've heard a couple people use that term. (laughs) And have I missed something? You missed the thing. I missed missed the thing. You you missed some things. It's because you don't. You don't have to. You don't use TikTok to you. Keisha. No, That's I just why. see whatever. I think I'm too old for TikTok. No, see, and this is okay, and this is why, <laughs> and this is why you're you're missing important parts of the conversation. <laughs> it's TikTok is, and I'm about whatever. I guess I'm about to give them a bunch of free promo. Um, <laughs> it is, it is such an interesting place in terms of social media. Um, I mean, I think it's similar to TikTok, uh, Twitter, but with video, because these cultural moments happen they they originate there and then they become a part of the conversation way offside outside of the platform and it's beautiful one because it's led by youth and of course who what youth is leading the culture of everything it's black youth okay it's black brown indigenous but especially when we talk in music and dance which is a lot of what like pushes TikTok forward is black kids, you know? Yeah. And then and then we've got the commentary from the millennials and from the aunties. And there's there's some there's some old heads on there and they are an important part of that conversation. And it the whole thing becomes a big inside joke. And yes, panoramic is one of them. There's a funny TikTok word. They just any random long word that starts with P, it's like, oh, we're in a pandemonium. We're in a <laughs> Okay, okay. A, a pan I don't know. Yeah. Well, okay. Okay. A panhandle. You 
it's so many things to keep up with and we'll get to that part of the conversation I think but yeah that's how I met Jasmine I, I just thought she was just like really dope and the reason why I responded to your email was because I was like let me see what this is about like I'm curious um and yes my time has been crazy even though we were in the panoramic right <laughs> yeah, panorama um it was, I was like, okay, this is interesting because folks had been talking to me about a lot of the things that I do and how I should create courses. And I wasn't sure if I wanted to spend the time and the resources doing that. And so I was like, let me just hear what, what she has to say. Like I always, you know, a couple of years ago, one of our themes for Goals Brunch was make room for something new. And mm. so you know, I, I am pretty selective about what I do and who I engage with, even though I'm looking for exposure and I want to get new experiences and opportunities. I still am, but I always leave room for something else. I always leave room so that, because there's always something to learn. And I really felt like it was an opportunity for me to learn from you because I don't know anything about creating classes. And here you are, you're like, I'm going to walk you through this process. I'm going to coach you through this. And I, every, I'll tell you, I always talk about jazz and I'm like, yeah, well, I'm I'm meeting with my coach today. Um, so yeah, when we came to the to the conclusion that the film thing is something, it was a passion project of mine. I still want to make more film, uh, but I don't know what I was necessarily teach folks. And we landed on the podcast topic. I was like, this is perfect because we're starting the podcast um, and now starting two podcasts. A lot of people ask me questions and I was like, this is a perfect opportunity for me to learn the course thing, learn how to do all of this, but also have something that I can point folks towards. So it just felt like the perfect thing for me to do. And it's, and you're such a natural, I mean, whatever, natural, you're actually a professor, <laughs> but, um, you know, so it is a part of what you actually do in your life. But I think one of the beautiful things about what I've been able to do um, with this working with Skillshare um, is like teaching how to teach. You know, there's that that saying of like teach a person how to mm-hmm. you know get them. A, I can't remember exactly. The but fish, it's like you and, give, yeah, you and, give yeah. them the fish. But yeah. basically, if you teach them how to do the thing, they can be self sufficient. They can do. It opens up so many more opportunities for them. And so, you know, obviously with Skillshare, our our purpose is to um, help creatives be self-sufficient on the platform but for me as someone who deeply deeply respects the arts all forms of the arts and and creativity and and deeply understands how needed that is in the world Mm -hmm. and just I deeply value education like I know that once someone understands how to take their inherent knowledge with with whatever it is whatever because we all have a gift we have many gifts and if we learn how to communicate that to other people the what that opens up in this world, what that opens up in one's own life, what that might open up in someone else's life, that's immeasurable. And if I can be like one little part of that, then I've then I've done more than I've done my work here. You know, I've done what God put me here to do, period. And so being able to work with you um, and just and knowing how passionately you feel about education and how much you love your community um, and how much you value communication you know it it's it's such it's so rare to come across those people so you have to when you see that you're like i i was like i'm going to actively pursue a friendship with this person (laughs) (laughs) i am going to be friends with her damn it (laughs) i love it because it was anyway it was great just having that throughout you know the the time that we were we were inside and to work on that so this interview is not about Skillshare and I think by the end at the end of this episode I'll tell y'all how to access the class and maybe there'll be a code or something I don't know Um, but really Jasmine is just such a dope individual that we're going to dig into who is Jasmine Fuego that's what we're gonna do in the next couple minutes here so tell us we know you do all these things. You have, I believe, just in conversations with you, you're one of you're one of these people. My friend describes me this way. She's like, you're an onion. Like every time I think I know everything about you, you pop up and tell me about something else that you did. 
or that she used to do. And I feel like that's you. You don't necessarily lead with, okay, I do all these things and I am all these things. But in conversation, you'll be like, oh yeah, um, I ha- is it a film that you did or a TV series? That- okay, ma'am, let's start from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Start at the beginning. <laughs> Tell us about sort of like your journey or your foray into becoming a creative. Like where yeah. did that start? Honestly, that started in my grandma's living room. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandma loves loved um, Michael Jackson. And the Jackson 5, and every time I was over her house, she would always play this one VHS of, like, the collection of his music videos. And I just was so mesmerized by this by this man. I was so mesmerized by the way that he would move, the, the way he could move his body, the things he could do with his voice. Then I got into the rest of the family and just, I don't know, just seeing what they created, um... It really inspired me as a young person, which I, I know that I'm a part of many generations that were inspired to become creatives from either Michael Jackson or the Jackson family. Um, you know, don't get me started on Janet. Oh, and Janet. We love Janet. We do. We love you, Janet. Shout out, girl. If you're listening, please be listening. We love you. Um, <laughs> I love that confidence. You Janet know, so is listening. Janet is listening. Put, call it in. Call it in 2021. <laughs> Janet is going to hear this episode. Um, but it really started in my grandma's living room trying to learn all of the choreography and and all the words to all of the Michael Jackson songs from like 1980 to whenever that was like 92 or 93 Mm -hmm. and um I did that I wanted to do it one because it was like just a fun way to express myself but it made my grandma so happy I just loved she would come home from work so tired and just kind of distraught just uh and I would put on these little I would call it grandma's variety show (laughs) And so I would like, I would change outfits. I would do the whole thing and be a one woman show. And just seeing her go from like, no hope in the world in like in the look in her face to just gleeful, just so full of glee. Mm -hmm. It, it brought me joy to see that happen for someone. And I, started to at a really young age realize like oh performance music dance like the the performance arts that does that for people so I started dancing at a really young age started singing I was one of those kids who just was in everything um I had a really challenging relationship with my with my mom and dad and later on my mom and stepdad and so I didn't actually enjoy being home a lot which led me to want to be in basically every extracurricular that I could be because for me it equaled being at home less. Um, so I excelled at school and excelled in court, choir, chorus, drama, field hockey, like whatever random thing. <laughs> Just literally any any extracurricular that I could fit into my schedule, I would do it. Um, so it gave me a very eclectic um eclectic view of 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 art and and just expression but I always stuck with like music something around like music dance performance like Mm -hmm. being able to create an experience with those mediums that always was the strongest piece for me so fast forward through college um I started um I started working at a PR firm, basically doing event production um, here in LA right after college. And I really enjoyed the, the art of putting curating experiences, but I really hated Hollywood. I just, I hated it so much. Um, But it, it led me into a lot of different opportunities to meet people, get, into certain circles, which ultimately led me into doing event production for Afropunk. Oh my gosh, did we ever talk about this? We've never talked about that. Girl, uh, okay, go ahead. 
<laughs> so, you know, I'm skipping a lot of steps here because uh, there's there's a lot to my creative journey. But it it went from being like I want to be a performer to actually I want to create the 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 experience. Right. Um, so I've gotten to do that for Afropunk. I currently do that for the Black Joy Parade, which is a smaller but very impactful. It was a music festival pre-panoramic um, in Oakland for our community. Um, yeah, did I answer your question? I feel like, did I yeah, answer Yeah, yeah, no, 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 you totally gave me that start. So Afropunk, I love Afropunk. Um, and I was, I think I was late to the Afropunk party. When I came back to New York, like in 2012, 2013, I wanted to go. Like I saw this thing and I was like, this looks really cool. Like I want to go and nobody would go with me. Like everybody, like... And I'm not one to do things by myself like that. Mm-hmm. Like certain things I'll do by myself, but not that. Um, and then the next year, I think Ice Cube was performing um, and my friend had got tickets. And so we all went. And then the following year, I was like, wait a minute. I saw that you could volunteer to get free tickets. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> so for like maybe like two years, I would volunteer um, to, you know, be able to go to the two days. And the last Afropunk that was in 2019, I actually got to volunteer with the festival directly. Um, oh my God, that's so crazy. I'm like, we were there together. Right, that's crazy. So I worked with, there was like, um, what were they calling? I, I worked with Quan and I'm trying to get her on here. Um, with, they brought in, um, what is her name? I'm blanking on her name. She was the only female cheer person of the Black Panthers. Elaine. Oh, Elaine, Elaine, um, Elaine Brown. Yes. For, so, yeah. For, you were at the, at the, the solution, solution sessions. Yes. Yes. And Elaine Welteroth was also there. Yes. So Patrice, Patrice Color. No, Opal Tometi was there. Yeah. Um, you were there. I was right in the front row recording Girl, everything. I was at the door letting like I was letting people in at the front door that is that that is the night I I began my like girl crush on Elaine with Elaine Welteroth because that woman and her story is so inspiring that is so so inspiring and I had worked on the grounds to like put up signs just like and people were like why are you doing this I was like because I want to see how this thing works I I want to see how this machine works. I, I want Well, see. that's such a new part of it. I mean, and so, okay, you asked about like my, my journey into kind of like as a creative, like I really, after I, I went through my moment of like, I want to be the person on the stage. So I have like, you know, I have a little album on, <laughs> on all the streaming platforms. I've got, if you YouTube me, there's probably tons of footage of me like trying to be a background dancer for a bunch of people. I was really, that was like a lot of my earlier 20s, but somewhere around that moment where things were shifting for me, my grandma gave me that piece of feedback of like, you need to one, be intentional with your time, but not just with your time, but with who you spend that time with. I started to make the shift in my life and I realized like, oh, actually, yeah, like being in in front and center is cool, but I I think my actual magic is the stuff that is like really creating the experience. And one of the things that I noticed in the entertainment world is that it was just so much of it was just about entertainment, which in and of itself isn't wrong by any stretch mm-hmm. of the imagination. But when you have all those eyes, when you have people so locked in paying attention, for me as someone who also really deeply values education, I'm like, there, there's so much more that you could use this moment to do. And so solution sessions, I I wasn't a part of creating that, but that type of thing is something that I became really, really passionate about when I would work with different events and different brands is like, hey, can can you use this large platform you have to bring in some educational message? Can you bring in use this huge, you know, reach that you have to to support some movement or some initiative that's happening locally like those two things don't need to be living mutually exclusive and you know this other thing over here the local initiatives and movements and policies and stuff that like and these activists who are really doing the work that mm-hmm. allows your thing to be cool mm-hmm. you know because because afropunk and 
and I, I'm let me not just call it Afropunk, but brands like that, they really do live in this like cool activist woke space. But they're able to do that without doing a lot of the activism. Mm -hmm. So they're doing this. They're they're benefiting from this work that these people on the ground are doing. And it's like, hey, can you elevate this as well? Like if Mm -hmm. you're going to be um, benefiting Mm -hmm. from the privilege of people who are like making like the whole concept of like like pre pre Black Panther, like. It wasn't the you know black girl magic lived it, it existed within us it existed within our community but the world still wasn't like oh my god black mm-hmm. people are so cool right black right. women are so cool like you know this is it's very in vogue now right. to have black people on the cover of all of your things yeah yeah but that was be but like that got to that place because of all of the work of people on the ground and so when I shifted it out of being like the center creative into being the person or one of the people who was curating the space, curating the story. I knew that it was important to marry those things, to marry the element of creativity with education, which to me is like good education is activism in Mm -hmm. my in mm-hmm. my humble opinion, <laughs> was making those things come, to, bringing them together more, marrying those. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always been, I, I think, as I'm like becoming more of a grown person, stepping into womanhood a little bit more, I, I realize like that intersection of culture, entertainment, um, or not entertainment, culture, art, and activism, that's where I thrive. Because mm-hmm. making beautiful things just for beauty's sake, I, I think there's a time and a place for that. It's never really done a lot for me personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It doesn't compel the the best parts of who I am and, and the gifts that God gave me to offer to this planet. And so when I stand in that intersection, I feel like there's no limits to what I can create. So sometimes it's like... Oh, the way that I want to express that gift is I want to make this kid show about mindfulness. But sometimes it's like, hey, I want to help other creatives create something. Other times it looks like, hey, I I just I want to I just want to post like inspirational content. I feel like it can express itself in many ways. Um, And when I when I let go of like, oh, I need to do one thing and create in this one way, I feel like that's where I actually found that for me being a creative or being an artist is actually just living Mm -hmm. artfully Mm -hmm. you use the word intersection and that's one of the things that i love about you is that you are i was just i think i just found black twitter i've been trying to find black twitter i don't know well you got to get on reddit you have to get to the subreddit things of black twitter i got you i'm gonna put you on But I think I got because I saw something people talking about being openly black this morning. And I was like, like, I literally just tweeted black Twitter. Is that you? And so I guess somebody was writing up a description of an exchange between Chris Cuomo and Don Lemon. And not that either one of them said anything, but the person that wrote it up wrote Lemon, who is openly black. Oh, Lemon is openly black. He just, I love it. I love it. So to be openly black means, you know, so I I hopped on it and posted something on Instagram. But I, you know, you always say I'm Afro-Latina. That's an important part of my identity. And I think that's one thing that I love about you because you're like, this is who I am and this is what it means to be this. Um, and this is how it's going it manifest in terms of the things I care about and in terms of my work. And that's one of the things that I love about you. So can you talk a little bit about what it means to have that identity as Afro-Latina and why it is so important to you that you sort of amplify that? Because I feel like that, I feel like that's what you do. Maybe not intentionally, but you do do it. Right. I appreciate that. No, it's 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 become more intentional. I think I've always done it, but very it's yeah it's a big part of who I am um and the way that I present in the last several years I mean I think it's because of the word intersectionality growing up like it wasn't like I 
I was born in Long Beach, California, but I moved to North Carolina when I was still in elementary school. And it was not cool to like, not that it's cool to be, I mean, whatever. It wasn't, it wasn't celebrated that I was a mixed person there. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I never identified with that term mixed. I'm like, mixed, I'm a whole person half this half that like absolutely not and if we're actually going by math like let's really look at like what those percentages are you know like and whatever I'm not a I'm not a math formula I'm a whole (laughs) I'm a whole person um with a whole experience and but growing up it was really challenging for me because I was the the south and being black in the south it's a very different thing than growing up black in Los Angeles and growing up black in Oakland it's it's there there are things about our experience that overlap but there are regional like uh there there's a lot of regional culture that happens that I wasn't a part of and privy to because that's not who my family is mm-hmm. and I felt I felt very um outside of the black southern community growing up and there weren't like the idea of latina and latino and afro this afro that that wasn't a thing in north carolina it was like if okay there are black people mexican people asian people and white people like there are four you know four colors Uh and and my family's not mexican so i also felt like Okay, well, I'm not a part of this community either. And I had, I spent a lot of time finding solace in myself (laughs) and literally in the arts with my head in books or ears listening to old records or with my eyes glued to the TV trying to learn this Michael Jackson choreography. Like, because I, I didn't find any expression of myself outside of myself and it took me oh my gosh wait a minute no like I can't just like have you say that and just move on like I think that is that is just like such a beautiful statement but also such a tragic statement and it's true for so many people of color so you just said I didn't see a represent a representation of myself outside of myself yeah and that's how I felt for, I mean, basically until I moved to the Bay, um, I am not from the Bay Area, but I will rep this place and go hard for this place until the day that I die because it allowed me to see myself. Mm. I moved to the Bay and I met the most exquisite people of every of every race, color, size, creed, background, and it was so normal here. <laughs> You know, it was so normal. Um, and I I had this whole idea that just because I was into herbalism and gardening and nerdy Harry Potter books that like that made me not black enough. And then I came here and I met all these nerdy herbalists, <laughs> black people. And I was like, oh, wait, that's. That's, that's a part of that thing, too. And then I met all of these Cuban people and Puerto Rican people and people who, like, they're like, oh, yeah, like, our people look like you. We look, we look like all the things. We're all the things. What are you talking about? But my big, wide Southern girl eyes were like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, I'd never seen that. And so I was able to step into that with more confidence because I got to see it outside of me. I didn't have to just build the narrative for myself of who I could, because what I basically let happen is let the narratives of society tell me how much, who I, who I could be. Mm-hmm. And because I didn't see myself, I'm like, well, I feel quite limited in, <laughs> in who, so I was just moving around with very little direction, just searching for some of myself. And I finally found it. I finally got to see that outside of myself and it allowed me to step in my truth more authentically. And I realized like, oh, yeah, it's not about me being Nicaraguan or being a black person or being from the South. It is about the the sum of all of of everything that makes me who I am. And I want that to be front and center. And so to me, it means something to be an Afro-Latina person, because to me, that in one in that one little word, it says I am a culmination 
of my ancestors who went through a lot of different things. They experienced things very differently, but they are all inside of me right here. And I'm whole and they are who are holding me up. And that it, it, that's what allows me to be who I am. So I, I want to meet people and say, hi, my name is Jasmine. I'm an Afro-Latina person born in California, raised in the South. Bam. That's my sentence. Cause I want you to know, like for those who know, who know, and if you don't know, then it doesn't mean anything to you. It goes over your head. It's fine. I just said it for myself because it makes me feel good. But I like to lead with that because I'm tired of segmenting myself. I'm tired of trying to make people comfortable. Yeah, that sentence is a lot. It's complex. What does it mean to be someone who like is exposed to the West Coast, but mostly grew up with Southern sentiments and like who's one of her families, they're white Latin immigrants and the other people are Black people from the South and the Midwest, like, what does that mean? It means you need to take some time to, 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 be into, to be okay with nuance, to be okay with complexity. And if you don't have the space for that or the capacity for that, then like, unless we're getting paid to be in relationship with each other, it's probably not going to go far, period. I love it. I think that's, that's so powerful. And I'm so happy that you've been able to have the language to represent yourself as well as, you know, the validation, right? And and, and to see yourself outwardly represented. Um, and then you continue to be that for others. And I think that's, that's really, really powerful. I think that's really powerful. One of the things you see, and you just see what I'm saying. She see how she just dropped the whole TV series about mindfulness for kids, and then she moved on to something else. Uh, <laughs> Jasmine, tell us about. I know you had news about this recently. Talk about as much as you can about it, but just kind of tell us like why it's important to you to do something like this. I'm, I'm happy to talk about it because I have to like bring the initiative back to life to push it to where it needs to be. But in my creativity journey, uh, a part of it led me to being like a part time teacher in Oakland um, for an organization that no longer exists. Um, but it was an organization that was contracted by the local school district to come in and teach mindfulness to their students via music Um via like hip hop and it was a really interesting two and a half years of my life but during that time period I I created a curriculum that was centered in the practices of mindfulness so essentially teaching children how to how do you use their breath to help regulate their emotional experiences, um, different like physical exercises to help regulate their emotional landscape and teaching them language to communicate that emotional landscape. So I worked with kindergarten all the way up to 12th grade, but my sweet spot and my favorite time during those few years was working with like kinder through third grade. I just, there's something about that time, that age that, um, it brought out the best in me because you realize that everything is they're sponges. And so I like had to be very intentional with the way the words that I use, the way that I just the way that I showed up because I I don't want to do something that's going to like mess their whole journey up, you know? Um, it, so it brought out the best in me. And one thing that I saw, um, was this, they were learning to me what was kind of a new thing. You know, mindfulness had just been introduced to my life in my like mid-ish 20s. Um, But it was something that when I started to learn it, I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Why didn't I like why didn't anyone teach me how to like communicate that I'm angry right now and I just need space, you know, whatever. But seeing that education happen with kids at such a young age where they're already everything is new and seeing them normalize it. It was so revolutionary to me. It felt very revolutionary because I saw the difference. And mind you, to build some context, these are all these are Title IX schools, um, almost 80 percent black, low income, uh, black, Latino, black and Latino, low income schools. But these kids at like looking just even looking at the statistics of the suspension rates after the the two years after they had had that programming, um, looking at the reading levels, all like 
in just a very statistical way, I saw, um, I saw the impact, but I, I personally am someone, I don't care as much about that. I felt the impact when I would come back to school on Monday and ask the kids for their weekend updates. And one would say, my, you know, my little brother, he took my truck and I was about to bust him over the side of the head with it. But I decided to take a deep breath and ask him if we could like share it instead. I'm like, (sighs) (laughs) because that skill, whatever that skill is that, that made that child not bust his brother upside of the head, that same skill set cultivated over time turns into an adult who is able to regulate their responses in a world that is in a world that is coming for them Mm. wow like that skill that same skill set could literally save that person's life yeah and so i thought when i decide when i realized that like working within the confines of, of the school the education system was like it wasn't what i i couldn't continue to do it with a full heart I was like, but this, but the, the thing that I created in this education, it's so important. How can I get it to more people? I know I can't as one person go and distribute it to the kids across the country, but I, but I need, I want them to have it right. and I want them to have it coming from them. The kids who need it the most, they need to get this education. They needed to get it from people who look like them. So I said, I'm going to, I'm going to just create, I'm going to create a, uh, at first, it started out as a book series, and I met an amazing woman uh, who I just in passing told her about the book series. She goes, oh, that sounds like a video series. And I said, yeah, but I'm a perfectionist, and I don't have the money or time to make the video series the, the, what I want it to be, so I'm not going to do it. She goes, well, how much money would it take? I threw out a random number. This is, mind you, this is over lunch. Over lunch with with what essentially was a stranger, some a woman that I had known for a few hours, and I threw out a random number. She goes, "Write me a proposal, and we'll we'll talk about it. I'll give you a call tomorrow." I did not know that this woman, in that her husband was very wealthy. Mm. Um, four days later, this woman and her husband wrote me a check and said, "Here you go, create the thing." Wow. So I went from being like, oh, this would be cool to like do something for the world. But I, I intentionally wanted to create something wonderful for children. I was not actually setting out to create a television show. That's just byproduct of what happened. Cause that is just, God has been so generous in my life with random opportunities. Mm-hmm. What to me feels like random opportunities. Right. Um, but I know is a part of the plan or I, I, I think, I it think is it's a, a part, part of the plan. It is a part of the plan. Um, so I, I had to stop everything. Um, took, and it took me eight months to, I had to first read some books on film writing. <laughs> I enrolled in a class online and just and pulled together a team of friends and friends of friends um, and put this uh, to film these three episodes that ended up being the pilot. It's going to be the pilot of this show. Um, and to be honest, I'm actually shocked at how wonderful it is. It's such a beautiful, beautiful piece of work. And I see it and I'm like, man, it's everything that I loved about Mr. Rogers, everything. And then like the aesthetic that I loved about every show from the 90s, specifically Fresh Prince, but with us, like mm. unapologetically, beautifully black <laughs> Yeah, but so deeply educational. Um, yeah, I I have a lot of dreams for this show. And to be honest, when the panoramic hit last year, I was just the two days before California put us in shelter in place. That was supposed to be the release date. I had in a I had been planning for months this kind of red carpet release and had people from Netflix and Hulu and different the YouTube originals who were going to come and see this and I had to cancel it. And it really, um, discouraged me. Mm -hmm. It really discouraged me. And to be honest, uh, it's been whatever, I guess almost a year now by the time that this airs. And I, I'm just now, uh, finding the inspiration to bring the show back to life. Mm -hmm. So that's what it's about. Um, I hope, I, I have really big prayers for for this 
Yeah, no, I feel you on that. Um, stuff was supposed to happen last year that did it. We'll just say that. Um, so what's next for Jasmine Fuego? Like, what should we be looking out for? What are the things that you sort of have percolating that you can share and talk about? I mean, yes, that's a that's a great question to to wrap up on. I I look out for here now. That is the name of the show. I am I'm put, I'm saying it on this podcast because I know that the people who listen to it, they are people who hold themselves and hold people in their community accountable. I would like for you all listening to this, please consider me a part of your community and hold me accountable. I am I'm putting this show out this year. I'm going to do it. Yes. So look, be on the lookout for here now. Um, I, I am looking to, within the context of my nine to five job, I'm, I'm looking to be a part of the team that really pushes our international efforts forward. Mm-hmm. I'm trying, I, I, I want, I want some Caribbean teachers. I want some West African teachers. I want a teacher in South, you know, i I want us to have a, a stronghold there. I want to be a part of that. Um, and then on the personal front, I'm I'm wanting to get back out there and and begin speaking again and leading workshops um, on on yes, yeah, sharing your authentic voice, sharing your story. You know, hold living into your your deepest, truest self. Um, it was something that I was doing a lot. Mm-hmm. pre-pandemic and pre nine to five and though i love my job i don't want to forget like all of the creative ways that i want to live my life and uh i'm ready to get back out there and do that so i would say definitely watch out for that and people can follow me on the on the instagrams at jasmine fuego f-u-e-g-o I'm hoping I'm hoping to really get back out there and be doing more speaking engagements. So I'm so grateful to be on your podcast. And thank you. I know we went a lot of places today. Yeah, we went all over. That's how our conversations go. And I enjoy it. So we just have to figure out, you know, now that the class is done um, and we're going to be putting it out there soon. um, Or it should be out, I think, maybe by the time this airs that you know, we find some time to connect and just like keep lifting each other up because I I really, really enjoy talking to you. So I'm going to go to the lightning round now. Lightning round! (laughs) And this is where I just ask you some random questions. Just answer as quickly as you can. Don't even think about it too much. Okay. Ready? Okay. Okay. What is your favorite color? Yellow. Okay. What is your favorite dessert? Flan. Um, celebrity crush. Damn. <laughs> Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah might be, might need to be like the official celebrity crush of this podcast. Which that's the only consistent name that's come up. Is uh, it? Yeah. You're like the third person to say that, I think. God. And I, oh, I love And it's so never much. the same two people that people say. So that's really interesting. Guilty pleasure. Oh man, Bridgerton lately. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know. And honestly, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I'm enjoying myself. Enjoy yourself. That's why it's a guilty pleasure. Okay, last question. Who plays Jasmine Fuego in the story of her life? And what genre is it? Um, is it a comedy? Look at her face. Oh my gosh. I is mean, it a comedy? Is it a drama? Is it It's a dramedy. It's a dramedy. Um, it's a dramedy. It's um, a dramedy and I think it's starring either Tessa Thompson or Zoe Kravitz. Yeah. Good choices. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. Now I just got this visual of Tessa Thompson playing some of the parts of my life. I'm like, yeah, that, that I could feels totally, right. I could totally see her on those roller skates that you got. Oh my gosh, not the skates. Yes. I was trying to find a, I was trying to find a creative way to bring the roller skating into the interview. 
Yeah, y'all. Watch, that, that's the other thing. Watch out for me on these skates. If you see me in Los Angeles, you see me in Venice, you see me at Lake Meriden, Oakland, and I'm bringing them with me to New York this summer. If y'all see me on these skates, watch out for yourself. Move out of the way. <laughs> Move. That's that's what you need to watch out for. Jasmine Fuego is Jasmine Fuego on these eight wheels. Watch out for that. One of of the things that you talk about, and I think it's one of the things that you do to, you know, have some joy in your life, to, to intentionally, you know, have something that you enjoy in your life. And one of the things that you talk about is hashtag healing ourselves. So just as we, you know, we leave, like, like what are some of those key things that you found to be important in this journey towards healing yourself? Movement, mm-hmm. movement. I do. If if any of you follow me on Instagram, you'll see every single day I post some little video of me just freestyle dancing to whatever song comes on shuffle on Spotify. It's it's so important to my practice. Uh, saying I don't know, mm-hmm. saying I'm sorry, um, healing myself from my own uh, from my own limitations of other people of what I think other people's limits are mm-hmm. and how I limit myself and just being really honest about that. And, and even if I'm feeling guilty, just to speak my truth and knowing that I might, my truth might be like the wrong thing and that's okay. And be willing to just have that conversation. Uh, so honest conversations and uh, water, just hydrate. Cause hydrate. most of the time I realize like all your little existential problems, like girl, you probably dehydrated. Okay, we gonna end right there. <laughs> I was gonna bring it back to the skates, but I think we can leave it right there. Girl, you probably dehydrated. Go drink some. Girl, you probably dehydrated. Just drink some water. Get some water. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you. And I, I hope y'all see why, you know, this, this season is dope black women doing dope black women things. And, you know, Jasmine definitely is sort of like, creating space, holding space for creatives, um, particularly creatives of color, amplifying their voices, showing them how to do the thing. And she's just, and then she's funny. It's funny. So let's, <laughs> let's all go drink some water now. <laughs> We're just going to end it there. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> yes, yes, y'all. So my Skillshare class is officially published. It's on the Skillshare website. And I do have a link which will allow you to access this class and any other Skillshare class for free for 14 days. So check out my Instagram. That's at Dr. Keisha. That's D-R underscore K-E-I-S-H-A. And there'll be a link that will take you directly there. Otherwise, shoot me an email at Keisha at drkeisha.nyc. So that's K-E-I-S-H-A at D-R k-e-i-s-h-a dot n-y-c and i'll get that link over to you for your free 14 days on skillshare you can create a podcast like this or you can do anything that you want to learn to do on that platform so thank you again for hanging out be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast share it with others and as always be intentional